Father God, I just thank you this morning, Lord, that you're making a way, Lord. Oh, Lord God, for every person, Lord, who's walked through these doors this morning, Lord. Oh, you're in control, Lord. Oh, you're good and you're faithful, Lord. And we can trust you, Lord. And we confess this morning, Lord, that we love you, Lord. And we do trust you, Lord. And we open our hearts up before you, Lord, and say, have your way, Lord. Oh, have your way in our lives and in our hearts, Lord. Oh, we desire you, Lord. Oh, come and move, Lord. Come and have your way, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. Father God, speak through Pastor Paul, Lord. Oh, Father God, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive, Lord. Because we love you, Lord. Oh, we want to live our lives for you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, you may be seated. Bless you. God's in control, church. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to touch too much today on, on our election, except to say that uh, God has placed our president in place, and it's time that we support him, and it's time that we pray for him. And it's time that the bickering and the and the backbiting stop. Word of God tells us that it, God has placed our authorities over us, and we are to pray for them. So God bless Barack Obama, and God bless the United States. Amen. I wished you could have heard Wednesday night. I even considered preaching the exact same sermon today that I had preached Wednesday night, but... Um, I just kind of felt the Lord lead me in a different direction, uh, on the same direction that I've been on for the last few weeks. But um, it just shows how important one man's prayer is. And we learned last week about Daniel and how important one man and how Daniel engaged heaven and heaven responded because of Daniel's prayer. I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but in Daniel, he starts praying for his nation, one man praying for a nation. And um, he had to pray for 21 days. Now, in Daniel's mind, he couldn't see that anything was happening. He just knew he was praying and wasn't getting his answer. But he didn't stop praying. But it showed us in Scripture that his answer started to come the day he started praying. That an angel was sent to Daniel to help him, but that he was caught. He was caught between heaven and earth by uh, the prince of Persia to fight. And that fighting went on for 21 days, so much so that they had to send another angel, the archangel Michael, to come and whip up on on the devil so that the angel could get through. So with all that said, your prayer matters. Your one individual prayer, and I don't mean one, one you are an individual, you're praying for the nation matters. And this story in Daniel shows us that one man or one woman can intercede for our nation for your family, for your church, for whatever you're going through. And if you don't get the answer right away, it does not mean that you are being ineffective. In fact, that scripture shows us that Daniel was not praying ineffectively. It doesn't it shows us that he was he his problem was not that he wasn't praying the will of God. But that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. But we are fighting against principalities and powers and spirits. And sometimes those things just don't run off and leave. Oh, you know, somebody's praying, there's going to be a fight. Okay, we're just going to leave. No, they're willing to fight. 
But are you willing to continue to pray? I want to encourage you. If you've been praying for something that you know is according to God's will, you've backed it up with Scripture, don't stop. If you have stopped, pick it back up. And don't stop. Pray according to God's word. There is probably fighting in the spirit going on for you right now. Amen. And we need to be praying for our president. We get up, we get the election, everything gets done, and all of a sudden we quit. It's over. No longer are we needed to pray. No. I believe we've dropped the ball on George Bush and we've stopped praying for him. And yet we want to do this to him. Same thing will happen with Barack Obama if we don't pray. We've seen in the last few weeks on Wednesday nights that the, the, the state of our nation is due to the state of our church. The church has been given the power to have a blessed nation. Scripture in 2 Chronicles uh, 2.14 says, if 7.14 says, if those who are called by my name, who here is called by Jesus Christ's name? So me. Can you say me? If, this is going to sound bad English, if me, if I, if those who are called by my name, woo! Uh, Pete, Pete said to me this week, he says, I can't wait for church. I'm like, why? You know, you're a, you're a pastor's kid. I would say you're already sick of it. You're here all the time. I can't wait to be in there. You know, we started a new curriculum last week. And I'm telling you, he was just, he's just been thinking about it. What's it going to be this week? Cause I can't wait. That's what we need in here. What's going to happen this week? Because God wants to move in my life. And I'm looking for him to move. And when I go looking for him, I'm going to find him. But it says, if, 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 uh, those who are called by my name would humble themselves, me, say me would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, turn from my wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, God. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now, who has the ability to turn the nation around? Not a president. Not a government, not a party, but the church. Is the president important? Yes, he's very important. Is he placed there over us by God? Yes, he is placed there over us by God. But the power lies in the church. Not in the government. The power lies in the church. Now, when the church and the government comes together, let me tell you, there is miraculous power. We've seen that in David's kingdom. When the authority and the government comes under the authority of God, then every, every concession is made. Do you see that in, in the life of David? We saw it in Saul. The people did not want, the people wanted a king. God did not want them to have a king. They gave him a king in Saul who did not do God's will. But then when David came, let me tell you, he cleaned house. Everywhere he went, they were successful. Except when David made some silly mistakes. But then David repented. And God saved him again. Do you see the power in the church? 
Do you see the power in those that believe in Jesus Christ? That is where our nation's going to turn around. That's why this morning when I, when we finished praise and worship, speak something out of your mouth. Learn to do something. Don't stand here and let it all be done for you because nothing's going to happen. You have to do it. You are the church. If my people who are called by my name, you, me, not just, not just, not just you, but me, would humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then he's going to do it all. I believe it also. I mean, there's so many things in this one scripture. If we line up with it, I believe we line up with Deuteronomy 28. I shall be the head and not the tail. I will be above and not beneath. I will be blessed coming in and blessed going out. What are we going to do? We're one week into our new president-elect. What are we going to do? Are we just going to stand around and fuss? Or are we going to do something? Humble yourselves and pray and seek his face. Humble yourself and pray and seek his face. And quit sinning and repent for it. And our nation will be blessed. I believe if just those under the sound of my voice would do it, our nation would turn. That goes for me. I'm not alone. I mean, you're not alone. Uh, I have to do it too. Pastor, it comes easy for you because you're a pastor. Man, you don't, you don't know, you don't know what you're talking about. It's not easy. Nobody said it was going to be easy. But can you imagine having a promise that if you would just meet these conditions, your life would turn around? Yet that's exactly what there is. If we would just meet these conditions, never expected to be perfect. Never expected to be perfect. God's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of us financially. He's going to take care of our health. He's going to take care of our family. You know, we had our, uh, we had our alarm in our house go off last night. And it just brings a chill down your spine. And, uh, I am, I am, uh, I don't want to get in trouble here. Um, I own a gun and I went and got it. And Rita Marie came out of her room, and I'm like, she doesn't need to see that. It'll really scare her to death. But at the same, I didn't show it to her. She doesn't even know what it looks like. But at the same time, I'd like for her to know her dad's going to do whatever it takes to take care of her. And we we had this, I had fear want to come into my house just before, before an alarm going off. And I think it was just my dog that set it off. But I started laying down thinking I'm never going to go to sleep. You know, I can't help but think, is somebody hiding in the closet? Is What's going on? And I, it just t- it took me a good 10 or 15 minutes to come to myself and say, wait. Either God's, God's going to take care of me or he's not. And his word says that I am. His word says that he is. Now, Lord, I just want to re- re- reveal your promises back to you, that you're going to protect me and my family that I am going to be blessed and that the enemy has to flee. And, Lord, I want to submit to you right now and resist the devil because he has to flee when I do that. I know that there are things that I can do, but as I lay down, Lord, you are Jehovah, um, Jehovah Shalom. 
the Lord is my peace. And I shall lay my head down and go to sleep and not worry about this again. You are peace. I am to have peaceful sleep. Now, in the name of Jesus, let me lay down and go to sleep. And, Lord, it's in your hands. I can't do anything while I'm asleep. You know what I'm saying? What can you do when you're asleep? We are totally vulnerable. Bless your holy name. It's a good place for me to have to completely rely on you. Well, I I say all this to encourage you. He did not give us this to lay there and sleep in fear. He did not give us this to, to live a life of all bound up in chains and all bound up feeling like you're, you're so covered in stress and depression and all these things that want to come on you. No, this word had to be spoken out of my mouth before those chains could come off. I am saved, I am spirit-filled, I am doing everything I know to do, but chains came on me last night. Do you hear me? Because we give our heart to Jesus doesn't mean everything's gone. It's just going to be tiptoeing through the tulips. You know what, what we've done here is, if you don't respond, I'm getting them to respond. So then I can, y'all are doing good. Y'all are doing good. The teacher said, are we too loud? No, you're not loud enough. Rita Marie was going out and I said, tell them to be loud. You know what? They've got all this pent-up pressure on them. Get it out. Let the Lord have it and go out of here feeling good. But we want to think, because I'm saved, I shouldn't have these things, these thoughts, these I shouldn't have to deal with this. You know what? You, you shouldn't. But it's going to take you taking, number one, you knowing the Word of God. Number two, you using it. Do you remember how we've been studying the last few weeks? Jesus used the Word of God to fight off Satan. Yet we just want to lay in bed and be afraid all the time. Not me. Forgive me for not remembering who you are, God, at first. Doesn't mean I'm not supposed to take the weapons for my warfare and use them. I don't know how you feel about gun control. I'm not, it's not really an issue for me. I own a gun. Don't break into my house. Don't put me in a position to do something stupid. You know, when I pick it up, I think, can I really kill somebody? I don't want to. I really don't want to be put in that position. But I do want to cock it and let them hear it. Let some fear go through their spine for just a moment. You come up here and something's going to happen. You're not going to get my kid, and I don't want to kill you. But you're not going to get my kid. God didn't call me to let my children be taken from me. You know what? He he doesn't call for you to be taken by the enemy. He doesn't put up with that. He takes no prisoners. What you, what you've been walking through? It's time to get that off of you. It's time to get it off of you. Zach, I hate to ask you this, but check the air. Anybody hot? I know you are, and that's, I already was hot. Amen. Is it hot because of my preaching, or is it hot because of the temperature? Amen. 
you know, we can sit here and preach on things all the time, but if it's not dealing with what you're walking through, I feel like we're, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say failing, but not dealing with what we need to deal with. And, and fear is something that has gripped our nation. Uh, all right. Let's dive into this. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be quick today. Um, the active and powerful word. We've been talking about the word of God. Can you bring up? There we go. Thank you so much. I, I love that. We've been talking about the authority of the word of God. The authority of the Word of God. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Please don't let, the, don't go to sleep on this right here. All Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction. It is profitable for your life. All Scripture is. It's profitable for your life. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. If you want to become complete and thoroughly equipped, you cannot do it without the Word of God. It is the source. It is the source. The Word is. We also saw Jesus' relationship to the Word. Both the spoken and the written. Both the rhema and the logos Word of God. And it, it, we found Jesus to fully support and fulfill the authority of Scripture. And I said this just a moment ago. We even saw in the last few weeks that Jesus, when tempted, responded to Satan with, it is written. He responded to Satan with Scripture. If Jesus needs to respond with Scripture, how much more do we need to respond with Scripture? Um, also, we saw in John fourteen twenty five, and this one really speaks to me. It says, "These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, whom the whole, the but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you." Again, your natural memory is not the, uh, um, it is not up to your memory. How did I phrase this? Um, the record of the Gospels, being able to quote Scripture, doesn't depend on human memory. It's the Holy Spirit's job. So when you start getting in your Word and you're thinking, man, how am I ever going to remember this? How am I ever going to remember this? The Holy Spirit will bring it to your memory. You are planting that down deep to be recalled either by your memory or by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I use little note cards. I use little cheat notes. So that when things come at me like healing, I can go right here to the front and I got a whole list of healing scriptures that I can go to. I can usually remember them, but you know what? Satan knows right when to test you. He knows right when to catch you when you're not ready. So, We see that God established His Holy Spirit as a means of directing the writing and the implementation of the Word. The Holy Spirit was the one that helped the apostles and the prophets to get the words down. Also, it's the Holy Spirit that brings it to our remembrance and how to implement His Word. 
And then we saw that the Holy Spirit, we can always know whether it's the work of the Holy Spirit or not because the Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. It always glorifies Jesus. If you ever get a word that is not bringing glory to Jesus, you can know it's not from the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, what can the word do? We're going to kind of make, get some, some practical application here of the word. Um, what can the word do? Hebrews 4. We get an analysis of the nature of the word. Hebrews 4. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of, division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents and intents of the heart. Man. Um, I have studied this and studied this and studied this, and just in reading it out loud again, it just comes to life. Have you ever noticed that when you're reading the Word of God, sometimes things in you just come alive? Things that you haven't even thought about, things that you haven't even felt, all of a sudden, something's happening in me. The Word of God is living. It is a living Word. The Word of God is not dead. It's not just black marks on a paper, piece of paper. It's alive. And wherever it comes, it brings life. It's more powerful than all the lies which Satan has filled the world. The Bible also reveals that man is a triune being. Here it shows us that we are spirit, soul, and body. Created in the likeness of God, the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The only way we can distinguish between the spirit and the soul is by the Word of God. You know how we've been talking about learning to respond out of the Spirit, not out of the flesh? I don't know if you've been with me long enough to know that. That's something that I'm wanting to learn, is how to operate out of the Spirit, not out of the flesh. Because my flesh operates wrong, I guess, 100% of the time. Um, it's, it's, it's rare for my flesh and my spirit to agree. Amen? But the only way to discern between the two is by the word. It's the only instrument sharp enough to penetrate and separate what is soulish from what is spiritual. It shows us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. God doesn't even give you the spiritual for the flesh because the flesh can't handle it. We can't handle the truth. It's the truth. The word can also divide between the joints and the marrow. This again speaks of the power of the penetrating word of God. It goes deeper than any surgical scalpel or any psychiatrist's probing. It's the only tool that can take us to the very depths of the human personality. Somebody once said, when you, when you are reading your Bible, your Bible is reading you. I don't want to get away from this. I don't know if you even see this. The word is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. It reveals to you what is right and what is wrong in your life. Your thoughts and your heart. The Word of God does this for you. 
Church, this is why being in the Word is so important. You will never know what's wrong in your life until you get the Word going. And the Word shows you that it's going to show you what's wrong. But that nothing else can show you. You know, before I started reading my my scripture every every day, um, I was just I was a businessman and was about to and, and was in the worship team. Um, but as I started reading, I started feeling different about myself. Sorry, my nose is giving me issues. I started different about my self conceit, my pride, my arrogance, my intellectual assurance, and it all began to wilt in scripture. And I want you to know it's still happening to me today. The Lord, I'm just going to just reveal a little bit on my, my, myself, not, not in details, but the Lord's been showing me this week how I can't even rely on my strengths. I have up until now tried to rely in the natural on my strengths, where my education is, where my upbringing is, where my personality. If you've ever gone through the gifts class and you know, it, it, it reveals where, where God has, has, um, blessed you in your, in your giftings. Some of you are, are smarter, or not smarter, but stronger in this area, maybe as a teacher or as a giver or as an exhorter or an encourager or as an administrator or as a, a server um, or as a perceiver. These, these words may sound foreign to you, but there are personality tests that you can take according to Scripture to kind of find out where your strengths are. And I have been making a mistake as a pastor and as a husband and as a father and as a businessman, that I have been ignoring God in my strengths. And not ignoring Him, but maybe not seeking Him as much as I should because I feel strong in certain areas. And I'm, I'm, the Lord is revealing to me, don't rely on you, rely on me even in your strengths. Even in your strengths, you're going to go down. You know, I've, I've equipped you to be strong and to be able to handle certain things but don't leave me out of it. It is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. I believe that that's what the Word has been doing in my life right now, is don't think because you're good at something that you don't still need the Lord. My arrogance. In our culture, it is common for people to to say this, um, I want to go and find myself. I want to find out who I am. I want to go on a month-long European trip to find myself. Or college students, I want to take a semester off to find out who I am. It's not going to do it. I can save you thousands of dollars and weeks and days and a lot of heartache. Get in the Word. It will show you who you are, and it will show you where the problems are. And it will reveal to you how to fix them. Only the Word of God can reveal who you really are. First Thessalonians chapter two. Paul responds here. He says, the net, sorry, catch up. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as, but, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. What is this saying? I want you to see that God's divine omnipotent power has already been given to us 
It's already been given everything that we're ever going to need. Everything that we need to succeed, everything that I needed to have a good night's sleep was already provided for me. Everything to be a good husband to my wife has been provided for me. Everything to be a good pastor for this church has been provided for me. Everything that has, everything that you are going to have to walk through in this life has been provided for you. God has already provided it for you. Jesus does not need to die on the cross again for you. It's already been provided. New Age philosophy teaches you that you can become a God. And let me give you one big argument to that, one reason why that's false. Because God is uncreated. We are created. The created can never become uncreated. I don't want to get too deep on you today, but it's a deception. But we can become partakers of the nature of God if we receive and apply the promises to His Word. Do you see that they received His Word? You received the Word of God and you welcomed it, not as the Word of men, but as truth. It's a choice how you receive God's Word. Can you see how much has been placed back into our lives? Do you see how much power that we have over our lives and over our nation? Not because of who we are. We're just flesh and blood. We're just dirt. That sounds ugly, but really that's all we were. That's how we were created. That's how we are going back as dirt. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has in, has given us power to succeed in our lives and in, over our nation, over our children. But it is up to us to receive the word and to act on it, not as words of men, but as truth. It is a choice. When you read God's word, you have the choice to believe it and to act on it or to not. You have a choice to believe that God has placed our president in his place. I want you to know God has. My scripture tells me that he has. Your boss over you that you continually give a hard time, and you all have heard me say this in the last few weeks, has been placed over you by God for a reason. Will you? <laughs> what are you laughing at, Sharon? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to... <laughs> Isn't it something, though, when you start to realize what a sense of humor God has? It's the truth. God knows just who to put over you and just who to who can push your buttons to find out what are you really made of. Our nation is having the button pushed saying, what are you really made of? He is pushing the button on the church to say, what are you really made of? I'm tired of playing games. What are you made of? God's not a game player. And he's saying, what are you made of? I'm looking to and fro. God is looking to and fro. Will he find those that love him and will serve him here? Will he find those that love him and serve him under your household? Find find that here, Lord, and find it in my household. And find it in this church. 
nothing has, I have been shown more this week of how much I need the Lord and how desperate I am for his move more so this week than I've ever felt in my life. And it's been good. You know, some of the tests that I have walked through has been to reveal who God is and who I'm not. And you know what? That's good. If I will receive God's move and receive his correction, I'm going to be better off. It tells me that the end of that is going to be, I'm going to be blessed. We've seen that God's testing produces patience, produces character, produces hope. But in the end comes a a, a reward. It says there's a reward at the end. Okay, I didn't like the testing. I didn't like my reaction, but I'm going to learn from it. And I'm going to allow the Lord to move in my life. And I'm going to accept the correction. Tell me what, and who, don't raise your hand, who accepts correction well? Not me. It has never been easy for me. Never. Never has it been easy for me. But I don't read anywhere where correction and discipline is easy. It goes against your flesh. Here again comes a discerner. Here again comes the word of God that's trying to say, flesh, this is wrong, this is right. Get back over here. That's what God's word does for me. I would encourage you, next week we're going to look at the eight effects God's God's word has on us. But I would encourage you, don't wait till next week to start reading. Start reading today. Sunday morning, the pastor preaching to you is not enough. It's nowhere near enough. Get in the word. You may say, Pastor, where do I start? Start in Romans. Start in Galatians. Start in, start in Matthew. Start in Genesis. Start. Just start. And don't stop. Don't stop. When you start this one, don't stop. You know it takes 21 days usually to form a habit. Commit to 21 days. I want you to know you're going to have a Daniel experience. Heaven is, oh, though the one thing about the Daniel, the Daniel, um, the Daniel story, is heaven wouldn't have moved had Daniel not prayed. It was Daniel's prayer that caused heaven to move. I want you to know, when you start this trying to form a habit for 21 days, heaven's going to move on your behalf. Gets me excited. Try it for 21 days. Let God start showing himself to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your word. Lord, it is a rescuer. It is a personal rescuer to my life. Your word rescues me, Lord. Your word is, you've shown us today that your word, um, delivers us and identifies problems and gives us the power to overcome those problems, Lord. Lord, I thank you that last night as I was going to bed, it was your word that, that, that fought off Satan in my life. But I had to take it. I had to apply that word to my doorpost and to my lintel. You know, those families in the first Passover, they had to get the blood out of the basin. Had the blood not gotten out of the basin, the death angel would have come into that home. I want you to know the death angel's trying to get into your home. And you need to be speaking the word. Number one, you need to know the word. Number two, you need to be speaking the word over your household, over your nation, over your family. Lord, help us. Lord, I thank you for this church. I feel like that our church is so hungry and is so willing to do what it is that that we're called to do. But Lord, help us to take this little basic thing here. What is today? Today's the ninth. That we would start a 21-day habit-forming 
uh, process of reading your word. And I want to tell you, church, Satan's going to try to attack this with everything that he's got in him. Because because uh, um, uh, um, something's going to happen at the end of this 21 days. Lord, help us. Lord, our children that are bound up in bondage, Lord, help us to know how to how to help our children. Lord, how to teach them how to get in the Word. But if we're not in the Word, how can we teach them to be in it? Lord, help us to commit right here, Lord. Lord, I just thank You that it is by the blood of Jesus that we have been set free. Lord, I thank You that You have saved me. If there is anybody here that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, would you do that today? Jesus gave everything that he had for you. And even though you've come in here full of sin, Jesus died on the cross for those sins. You can be forgiven of those sins today if you will receive Jesus. It says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen short. But that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. From the moment that you give your heart to Jesus, your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And that day when Jesus comes back or when you breathe your last breath, your name will be found in that book. And you will go to heaven in the presence of Jesus Christ. Give your heart to Jesus today. If everybody would stand up, if my deacons would come forward, Elizabeth, you and I will take right here in the center with Stephen gone today. We want to pray for you. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want you to walk this aisle today and let us pray with you. If you're in need of healing, I want you to know, and you're going to see next week, that getting in the Word brings healing. I didn't get that far today. But there is healing that's going to come into your, into your natural body because of you getting in His Word. I'll back that up with Scripture next week. But if you need healing, we want to pray for you for healing. If you need delivering of, of, of something or whatever you've got going on in your life, we want to pray for that. Um, if you need to pray for a friend that is lost, we want to pray with you. If you need to pray for a friend that is sick, we want to pray for you. No matter what you've got going on, we want to pray with you. The Lord is ready to meet you. His Word says He is mighty to save. But we've got to come to Him. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.